Wanya, and welcome to the Deadly Discussions podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. This is season two of the podcast, and we're so excited to bring you 30 new guests over 30 fresh episodes. Now, these episodes wouldn't be possible unless, of course, we had sponsors. And one of those sponsors is Talcha Technology. Talcha Technology is an indigenous business specializing in IT design, website integration, and app development, among other things. The name Talcha comes from the founder, Alan Holmes' great-great-grandmother, Maria Talcha, a bachelor woman also known as Queen Maria of Childers. She was a key figure in the community post-colonization and was one who always brought the gold out of people around her, both black and white. Alan aims to have his business create a legacy of bringing the gold out of everyone around him, both black and white. So it was no um, problem having Alan sponsor this because the ethics and values perfectly aligned. So thank you, Alan, and thank you, Townshire, and all the guys and girls for all the hard work and the sponsorship towards the podcast. Now sit back and enjoy this episode and make sure you like it, share it, subscribe to the channel, and uh, most of all, enjoy. Welcome to Deadly Discussions. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. We are so thankful that you joined us today for this episode. Today, my guest is Alana Kennedy, and I'll get her on to explain where her mob from and what she does. Uh, but firstly, uh, I'd like to thank, if you haven't heard already, our sponsor, Taucher, a um, little blurb at the start. We thank you so much because without him, I wouldn't be able to take time out of my busy schedule to dedicate myself to the podcast. So welcome to the show, Alana. Thanks for having me. No worries. So glad you come on. So usually we start off with uh, everyone explains where their mob's from, uh, what's their story, where they grew up. Uh, you know, what was that like uh, if you went into sort of down that academic uh, route or straight into work or unemployed or we've had people been homeless or come out of jail once they were 19, 18. So, uh, yeah, let us know what your story is. Where, you know, where did you grow up? What's your, where's your mob from? Yeah, so my mob is from northwest Queensland. So I'm a Mount Isa girl. We're uh, Wani Kalkadoon. Um, and I grew up there in Mount Isa for 19 years. Um, yeah, I was uh, raised by um, my mom, who is a fierce and was then a fierce, fierce single mom. Um, I'm a twin. Awesome. So I have a twin brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think in my blood, I think she had sown a seed of, uh, you know, independence and maybe entrepreneurship in terms of her role modeling that when I was little. I just it kind of set yeah. in my subconscious. I didn't really realize. But, um, yeah, I spent 19 years there, wanted to go into education and actually become a special ed teacher and teach, you know, hearing impairment. Um, yeah. Children with a hearing impairment. Um, but I went on to, yeah, do uni for a couple of years and um, actually moved over to the States for five years. Yeah. And um, that was a bit of a radical move. But the cool thing is, though, I um, I got to see a pace in you know, in terms of career and life that we just don't have here in Australia, you know. Um, yeah. The Americans and their business, um, you know, fly-by-night, land of the free is absolutely yeah. you can turn your career around in a day in that nation if you wanted to. Yeah, um, yeah. Very different mindset around business and culture. But, yeah. Um, yeah, five years, I absolutely loved it there but ended up returning home to be with my family 
Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool how you, you've noticed that because we do hear a lot about um, obviously extreme poverty reformations and different things that happen on that social space. Um, but then we hear a lot of amazing things, First Nation people in business over there, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but I like what you said because I remember, so for, I've got a VPN. I should get a VPN sponsor because it's a perfect segue. No, um, uh, <laughs> VPN. And sometimes I leave it on, or sometimes it chooses automatically what server you're using. So it, sometimes it ends up in America. So the YouTube ads are like American ads. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everything is just so like businessy and marketing and like over the top and it's like trying to fight everyone over their spending dollar to come into this shop or buy this car eat these types of doritos and i was like it must be so different compared to here where it's very laid back you know or even our ads are like laid back when you think of like footy ads when the you know state of origin on it's like beer ads where you're sitting around at the beach yeah their marketing is so calculated it's so strategic i was listening to um, some information the other day about Dunkin' Donuts, how they moved to Dunkin'. But um, prior to that, when they were still donuts, they had artificial intelligence on the bus that would be programmed to know where in the bus stop they would stop right before Dunkin' Donuts. And there was an air freshener that smelt like coffee and it would disperse that coffee scent right before they pulled up. So they'd jingle, you'd smell the coffee. And um, that would be the next stop would be the Dunkin' Donuts. So it's, it's, yeah. Im- it's amazing. But like I said, they're, they're just different. And I think I was blessed because I came home with those tools. Yeah. Even though I was quite young, I was 26 when I got home. I yeah. was just loaded with these amazing tools and experience that I could bring home, um, trying to regather myself in our nation. Yeah, and yeah. Out, well, what is it that I truly want to do if education wasn't it? then what is it really? So, yeah. 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 I, and I like how you said about single mums and putting uh, that sort of entrepreneurial streak because mm-hmm. when you're uh, in that lower, you know, poverty, you know, in that lower income bracket, especially as black fellas, you hear yeah. stories of uh, yeah, mob that would come and collect their, uh, you know, welfare check or Centrelink check. But then they'd be like trading kangaroo skins and meat on the side and then catching yeah. fish over here. And so still being like entrepreneurial while being in a system of, you know, collecting an income. And I think there's many Indigenous people that haven't unlocked that in within themselves that they can be, um, that business is a real avenue for success. Um, you know, it doesn't mean we're all going to be, you know, Steve Jobs, but it could mean that we are, um, you know, making enough to work for ourselves, you know, or making yeah. enough to do something that's culturally inspiring tours or hunting or uh, artifacts or something like that, you know. So Mount Isa went to the States. What's what's like uh, what's it like going up in Mount Isa? Because you hear it's like 70% male, 30% female. It's dry. It's dusty. It was wonderful. It honestly was wonderful. Yeah, we had wow. the best community. Um, and my mom worked so hard. She worked shift work in the mines. Yeah. And she worked so hard to give us opportunity in a somewhat limited atmosphere or environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. We played a lot of sport. And um, it ended up, you know, setting a, such a good foundation for our later teenage years when we were excelling at sport because our mom kind of, yeah help give us that foundation when we were little i think we did our first triathlon when we were seven do you know yeah, like wow. she just yeah. helped us see that um be a part of everything and have a go at yeah. everything 
and then yep. find what you what you love and what you excel at. And yeah. you know, both my brother and I are not afraid of risk and not afraid yeah. of go and trying something. So, yeah, what I have seen, my mum is um, Caucasian, my dad is Indigenous, but um, what I've seen of um, the female spirit is quite extraordinary. Yeah, and then when you and my mum is amazing. Um, and also just seeing the female spirit having experienced trauma yep. from a racial point of view, like a racial space. Yeah, okay. Yeah. One of the women that I've met that are not only single mums, but they are Indigenous as well, there's just something about their spirit that is just phenomenal. Yeah. They, know how, they know how to be resourceful. They know they're tenacious. They're driven. Um, they're firm but fair. They, yep. There's something innate that's birthed in them and their children are exactly the same, resourceful, yep. grateful, you know. So yeah, yeah, there's something with that that feminine sort of energy and you can Absolutely. look at the structure of Aboriginal culture with um, still it's a matriarch and a patriarch um, mm-hmm. society, but the, yeah. the matriarchs in particular were uh, like the voices and the communicators and the men were sort of like quiet and sort of, you know, uh, introverted, um, still had men's business, still in a way sort of made those final decisions, but they weren't really the ones sitting out there talking, debating. They were sort of men of quiet action. Um, I think that's – and you can see that with our footy player, our boys, uh, many uh, athletes like to just do their thing, go home, <laughs> you know, not be in the spotlight, get a bit shame, you know, if that, that yeah. sort of thing sort of thing happens. Um, yeah. So it's so important. And then, yeah, I know what you're saying about – uh, my my grandmother, who's uh, who's white, um, Anglo, um, she yeah also experienced um, reverse racism, uh, yeah. being non-indigenous. Absolutely. Obviously, vested interest in seeing her grandchildren um, succeed, and so it's just not like a one-way street. It is a two-way no way. street. So it's it about yeah. I think as yeah as as a nation and more voices like mine, mine and yours. Uh, need to be sort of out there saying, you know, it's actually both ways. And here's some examples. You know, I've got another ancestor who was white, and the government took him away from his loved ones and took yeah. the kids to a mission because they were half caste. So, yeah, yeah, I think more education needs to take space and more appreciation um, for what our, our women are pretty much the glue um, of society holding it all together, you know, um, when uh, the male, the masculine um, energy or presence has been, um, you know, uh, not there so that's awesome so you, you've come out now did you do what most people go head straight to brizzy as soon as you had a license um, no i actually went Queensland. to Mackay to do um education did uni at both in brizzy and in Mackay. but i went to Mackay. Uh, yeah and yeah got to spend some time with my um, biological father there um, yep. his family had moved to Mackay, which was cool and then yeah went on to study more in brisbane um, and then mom, and what was that like yeah. for, um, if you mind sharing, because a lot of our listeners are finding maybe their Aboriginal heritage later in life or they're getting bits and pieces of it um, very fragmented. Uh, yeah. You know, what was that like? So having your non-Indigenous mother, you know, sort of raise you and then having that injection of culture coming from the, um, I, don't, I don't want to say strange, but coming from the father who wasn't as um, present. Yeah, like I can't say it was easy and I think it was a lot tougher for my mum than it was um, me because it wasn't anything, it was my normal. Um, yeah. But I didn't realise 
the impact that um, situations or circumstances have on you until later on in life when you're yeah. then creating a new normal for your children in yep. the racial climate that we have now 20 and 30 years on. But um, my mum, you know, struggled to find babysitters yep. for us because of race and, um, yeah, okay. you know, just uh, just the, the general stereotypes of, you know, um, yeah like what we determined as half caste or, you know, yep. mixed mob out there. Um, yeah. That even me going back to my dad was very, it was very difficult because mum raised me, but it was a great yeah. investigation process as well to better understand, um, you know, some of his circumstance and some of his upbringing. Um, yeah. Like, and that was such a, you know, such a wonderful time. And I'm grateful for that. I learned a lot about my very extraordinary grandfather. He had 13 yep. children and my grandmother wow. died when they were very young. Yep. Um, my aunt was very, very young. Um, so my granddad raising 13 children as a baker, yeah. um, you wow. know, as a chef yeah. in Mount Isa, I often hear my father talk about, you know, there could be 50 people in the house because each person would have a person you know come yeah, over yeah. Yeah. Um, and whilst they're amazing times they're also very hard on my family so yeah. it's, it's nice to step out of the my what my what was my perceived normal and have a little bird's eye view of what his normal yeah. looked like and what he experienced um, yeah and there's there's a there's years of unraveling that has yeah. to from that so it's yeah. just been a really cool appreciation period um for me yeah. now looking at my children and seeing what they're going through you know yeah that's awesome and i think yeah. you've got things like uh the concepts like the hero's journey um which you know disney use just sort of like you're starting in a familiar world and then there's a mentor and you're sort of called to go outside and then there's oh, like yeah. trials and then you overcome and then you got a bigger trial and then you sort of receive this sort of recognition or a change and then you return, but the world, it feels different now. And then you go again. I think for mob, it's a constant, especially for Blackfellas, it's a constant cycle, an accelerated cycle to get us up to speed with just basic uh, principles in life that were destroyed or corrupted from uh, colonization. Uh, you know, one for one, uh, my white grandma was is really good with her money um, but then you come down the next generation um, where my white father had trauma in his upbringing and then my mom as well, her Aboriginal community. And so there was just elements that were missing mm. in, in what would you grow up. And so I didn't know they were missing elements until I was in a different environment or yeah. you know community. That's and hard. over the years I've been in all sorts of different communities, whether that's you know extreme uh left-leaning you know black fellas to conservative black fellas to somewhere in between to um with my mate who was cherokee and Na hawaiian native american um so you're getting all these inputs and you go i've never seen life like that and then now yeah. we're sort of coming full circle and go hey these are the elements of culture and um, belief systems i would like to keep or value systems and these are the ones Absolutely. i don't yeah um which then you think you'd come back to your mob and be like hey mob guess what i found a way I found a way yeah. to stay in culture. And they're like, you're crazy, go away. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, I'm, like, I'm serious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, four yeah. years. And that's probably the, has been probably the loneliest part of the journey is that yeah. um, 
you know, I had to kind of get, I think I'm pretty creative, but I don't think that the momentum that creative people have or the systems and processes are very accepted. Um, So. Oh, I I know what you mean. Yeah. With my, a lot of my success in business is around, you know, communication in those sort of comms, uh, hence the podcast, but other stuff when I had Bunjil in the consultancy work I do, but a lot of that's heavily based on creativity and creativity is a part of like a part of your brain, like the creative muscle, like people who get right, who write a lot, get writer's block. So some days where you just haven't topped up that tank and you have to go write something or present something or host an event or do something Mm -hmm. and you just have nothing left in the tank. And the hardest thing when you talk to maybe clients or other people who don't have that, who aren't built Mm -hmm. in that creative way, can't understand it. So it's like, oh, you just have to do X, Y, Z, you know? And so I think it's important. I think a lot of just people who are very creative take mm. time to just go and be bored because yeah. that's what seems you can't do these days. Like you just sort of sit there and your phone goes off. Someone wants something, someone calls, someone stops yeah. by. And it's like, I just want to get going back when I had no mobile phone and I had to ride home and took forever and it was hot and yeah. I was so bored but you know you just had these moments to like think of things and slow down so yeah, yeah 100%. and you know the, the thing too is um our society and the dialogue of our society um doesn't encourage stillness because it's um it's perceived as laziness yeah yeah but yet the people that really understand the importance of that and all that comes from being still and mindful and all those important yeah. concepts are the ones really having and making legway, you know. Yeah. Um, they can understand why people used to sit and just, you know, the importance of just being. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's so been an interesting journey. They said no dough for this Murray, no hurry for this Murray. Is no the hurry. Uh, yeah. Campaign. Just Correct. being still, being present, joining country, earthing, getting your feet in the sand. So important. And I think you're finding the West now is learning a lot about that and yes. trying to bring it in after the fact that they've gone and dug up all these holes and burned all this <laughs> fuel and, you know, destroyed all these things and enslaved everyone in systems. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe. Yeah. We did it. yeah. And that's explains it when they got here that the settlers got here, that there was no mass graves being dug up or nuclear weapons or advancement in that's warfare right. because there was no need to find new ways to kill your neighbor. So um, so Mount Isa, leaving, Mackay, uni, um, when did you start your business? So Oka Sun, sunscreen. Yeah, I was going to do the, the song, the slap screen thing, but I forgot. Oh. I the brainwashing's <laughs> failed as a kid with the, the sunscreen song, maybe because I never used sunscreen. But So I need to bring out a new sunscreen jingle. I yes, think please. That Thank you. Yeah. Yep. No, I come back from the States and I... Worked with um, doing case management um, in workplace health solutions and um, working with wine. And I went back to uh, makeup, skincare and cosmetics because I loved it. My mum, I grew up around it. Mum was in Nutramedics years and years ago. Yeah, yeah. And she, you know, always taught us the importance of all those things and I loved it. So when I saw an opportunity, I got really, really sick and I saw an opportunity to... Um, build my own business and I loved the product I thought I'll do that and it was in a 
network marketing model. And I loved yeah. it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I loved it. Wait, wait. Um, so you got sick and you're like, mm-hmm. I know the best way to recover here. Yeah. I'll start a business. Yeah, I had yeah. to. <laughs> so I, I explain a bit more of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, from, from the States, um, I really possessed a beautiful mindset about opportunity. Yeah. And it, in order to really grab a hold of something, I needed to stay in that space and it was going to look unconventional and it was going to annoy a lot of people because yeah. it's not the norm. When people yeah. run after something, it's not normal. You know, they'll sacrifice yeah. Yeah. a whole lot of needs and wants that our society say are necessary yeah. um, to go after something, a world or a life that's better than what they possess now. So yeah. um, I did. I put everything aside, um, relationships, family, you know, time with my kids at times. You know, I, I had Keely yep. at the time um, to go after a business model that I saw promise in yep. and loved it. I just, I realized while I'm selling these products and talking about the ingredients, which I love, yep. beautiful vegan products, all the while, Yep. People are talking to me about, you know, because um, there wasn't a lot of Indigenous people in this um, yeah, yeah. marketing model. And yeah. it was a bit of a hope provider for some, you know, that yeah, yeah. if you liked the product, you could just buy online. You're yeah. not buying me per se, but yeah. if you try it and you like it and you want to support me, you can just shop from my website, which is cool for yeah. mob because you don't have to have, a lot of business now to be able to just share with passion, right? Yeah. I um I felt like a bit of a phony. I was getting, again, great success. I'm not going to lie. I had a beautiful, beautiful team of driven, motivated, positive women yeah. uh, and men. Yeah. But I, I just was feeling inauthentic yeah. and I wasn't really giving back like I wanted to. Um, yeah. And And I think, and I know what you're saying, and I'll just put a little plug in for multi-level marketing. Uh, When I was a young fella many moons ago, I did MA for about two months. Um, I didn't continue on with any of that uh, stuff, but that was the first time that I was aware of things like personal development and personal, um, you know, like leveling up because I like games. It was like leveling up, like that there was, you work at your body, you worked at your mind at school, but your soul and like your your spirit and and your inner being like never got really any sort of like opportunities to grow or be tested. And I remember sort of coming into that stuff and then leaving, but I still listened to like old tapes or I'd end up on like Jim Rohn or something, you know, and still today I'd see it come up on my YouTube every now and again. And I realized that the only way to change like, your environment to, that you can control is to yeah. develop and change within yourself. Completely. And then that's when you start looking at everything different and approaching things differently and then starting to self-analyze. It's so yeah. like people sort of talk about that as being like so negative, but as that's speaking of Jim Rohn, the, you know, there's positives and negatives in life. That's, that's normal. You need to have both. And so starting to understand why I had these negatives and then, working out how to turn that alternating into positive alternating current there you go time the electrical the electrical stuff no um but it was like so important because no one else would talk about this and so once mm-hmm. i discovered that it really encouraged me to be like you know what 
if I if I want to do better, I've got to like become better. You know, I've got to be, be the best version of myself. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so continue on. In authentic, you felt in, inauthentic, and then you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because when I started with that model, I did. I got a taste, and it's like a kid that's tried sherbet for the first time. You get the sugar high, and you think it's the greatest yeah. thing. Um, yeah. it, the taste of someone breathing belief and life. Yeah. Um, is was countercultural to how I'd grown up. Like my mum was a big voice for saying, you know, you yeah. can just kind of do anything. You know, put your mind to it, work hard, you can do anything. But the the environment and our community culture totally told me a different story. And I did yeah. get a lot of dialogue at school saying, you know, you, you just won't win. You just yeah. won't win. Or you look a certain way, you'll win because you look a certain way. It was, And I, I didn't realise the impact that that had had until I started in that model. And I think those uh, the business models are so, so clever because we're seeing, you know, we were seeing people come kind of get their life back that had had, had physical yeah. injuries that could use or psychological injuries that could use um, the internet as a great tool to give yeah. themselves an income stream that they could manage their injuries and get quality yeah. of life or yeah. people coming out of careers that they hated and just building alongside. So there yeah. are definitely positives, but I can't agree more. The personal development that I experienced in there started and did trigger a voice that then questioned everything like what yep. is real because now you're telling me I can win when some people yep. told me I wouldn't or couldn't yep. and so then making small changes um, and seeing monumental growth in business yep. and friendships and realizing wow I've been living out of alignment so yep. um yeah, that's kind so of also I, setting. I think for mob is setting our own metrics of success was a big one for me because once you realize I can define what success is because growing up, um, coming from a very sporting background, obviously southeast yeah. Queensland, huge on sport, is uh you know success was if you made it through your sport, you know, or yeah. you got an OP one at school, and that's the rest right. of us were just like lackeys. So I was like. I don't, my passion was not for any of those things. And so, you know, I was at school trading things for Tarzos, you know, trading my, trading my lunch for Tarzos, yeah. you know, trying to find kids that didn't have enough lunch or were hungry and say, I'll give you my apple for that Tarzo. So, um, and then the teachers would try to confiscate it anyway. But uh, that was sort of like what excited me about school, the social and the yeah. physical transactions that occurred in the in the playground. And so I think there's many mob out there who just don't realize that that, is a very real option. And there's many Australians out there caught in jobs I absolutely hate. And there are other ways. And the only way you can know is if you hear the stories and testimonies of other people. Um, you know, it's the reason I, I, I do this podcast, but it's yeah, just sharing that those stories of here's the path less traveled and how yeah. people have ended up here. You know, I've got friends who top OP1s and now they they didn't do any of the stuff they were going to do. They're teaching kids how to do yachts and yeah, man. So, yeah. you know, you never know. And he's happy, yeah. happy as Larry, you know? Um, so, yep, you got, so Okasan, obviously now this is Indigenous business too with Indigenous uh, yeah. and elements within the product and with also your approach to the market. Uh, do you want to share yeah. how that sort of all then came together? Yeah, so I loved the products I was working with, but the dialogue that I heard was, 
do you have anything for my husband or my partner because he's yeah. using some of my products? And this was an ultra premium skincare. So it yeah. was for a, a different um, budget bracket. Yeah. And so I just said to them, look, just tell him to keep using yours or use the children's one because yeah. um, men just don't like thick formulations. And I just saw yeah. so much of a need, but I had no idea at the time yeah. um, what to do or how to go after it. Anyway, I, I do have beauty in my background so and I love ingredients. So I um, was offered an opportunity by Indigenous Business Australia who have backed me. Yeah. Since the day I had an inkling that I could do something different. Yeah, uh, awesome. Yeah. Which I think, you know, entities like that really yeah. want to make a difference, but they too are maybe not coming in contact directly with the people that are ready to go. Some people know they want more, but they just don't know how to go about it. So I'm so yeah. glad Jean Jedrick from Townsville, you know, sought me out and just yep. believed in me, could see something in me that I couldn't in myself at the time and yep. said, look, there's a really cool opportunity. It's a subsidised opportunity and it was world class. So yeah, I yeah. am forever grateful for yep. communities that stand out and do cause a little bit of a fric of friction in our community and say we are going to subsidise, we are going to yeah. create a pathway for you and see yep. if you can you know find gold down this little pathway yeah um so once i, I love that because it's a lot of like some of those guys in iba do so well at um you know identifying people that have the desire and passion and yeah. go you know what you go after it here's some tools and if you need that support come and then yeah. some other people in those organizations not you know just saying iba but across the whole country have other yeah. people where there might be a bit more uh, dogmatic and so it's a bit harder for mob to one understand the language and what they're trying to outlay you know as part of the future forums which we gave a lot of feedback and workshop a lot of ideas for the younger generation of indigenous business leaders yeah. essentially yeah it was like you know what the person will have the dream and vision and it's just about how do you back that person and give them the fuel on their fire um, because yeah, if you try to come in then people are just like oh this isn't what i signed up for <laughs> And it, it is, it has to be, um, you have to be intrinsically motivated because, yeah. you know, I've heard that podcast by Ernesto Soroli about Shut Up and Listen. He It's a it's a great podcast. Um, it yeah. just talks about them giving um, an Indigenous community a lot of money that actually drove the Indigenous community into the ground because it wasn't what they asked. Yeah. What, yeah. So the concept is just be yeah. quiet and listen. People yeah. will tell you what they need. And at yeah. the time, I'm so grateful for Jean because I didn't know that I needed this opportunity. Um, yeah. But I did need a little bit of a break and I I was feeling like I needed to develop myself more than a business. And so yeah. it gave me the opportunity to step back and go from the ground up. And I'd never done that before. Yeah, I've never built something on my own. I mean, that that was a a pre-existing business structure that I was able That's to come so into. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you have, um, you said about the money, giving money to community is like, um, you know, native titles, like under 10% success rate. And yeah. the ones <laughs> that's the application, but leading up to that, we know how many families and communities are torn apart from the process um, yeah. through anthropology, yeah, general meetings and those sort of stuff. And so, yeah, if you throw money, at um 
First Nations people and just expect the problems to sort of dissipate. That's not going to work. And I think people think that that's what things like capitalism are, but it's it's sort of working with people to say, what's your passion? What's your vision? And if they don't have one yet, then working to inspire that. I just seen that I see that missing a lot in the service job service providers and other things. There's no like inspiration phase. And we're talking about personal development where the person's like grabs it by the hands and go, oh, like I want to be the best that I can be for my auntie who raised me or, you know, for my my kids with my young partner, you know, kids that being teenagers and that sort of situation. Like it's about inspiring that and sparking that. Um, because if you throw money, it's just going to compound the issues <laughs> worse. Yeah. You know, um, there was recent communities when everyone was getting their super during COVID. I was hearing communities um, just holding private casinos at their house. Everyone brought their yeah. 10K around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, winner takes all. And I was like, oh, man, but imagine, oh, I couldn't imagine the tension and the the violence That's and other wild. things that might have happened mixed with alcohol and drugs. And, oh, no, it's wild. It's not- I'd be like, the only solution really is relationship. They yeah. were the, you know, I drew close to people who drew close to me. And I think the other thing is grace. You got to, yeah. you got to want to lead in a relationship. If you're sitting in a more privileged position, you got to lead with the sentence of tell me your story. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can understand the story and the, and the why, then give them grace to just be, yeah who they are in that moment yeah Um, that's what's most extraordinary about mob is that their gifting are the stories untold because they probably have gifts and um talents that we would never even dream of having but they're not given the opportunity oh yes i know what it's like to have a a team of uh indigenous storytellers uh pros and cons is amazing at engaging and bringing people in but when I'm like, hey, what happened to this client? They tell me a story. <laughs> yeah. I like, oh, I know, just give me just give me this just give me the summary, please. You know. Oh, like hey, brother, yeah, you know, once upon a time. You know, has I know, I know. Between, looks off into the distance, you know. Only brother, I have to tell you the whole thing. Yeah, no, you, you wouldn't get it that. unless like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's another thing that's annoying social media these days is um, you know, when you used to be able to, when you meet someone new or at school, you'd ask them what their story was or whether, where, where are you from, you know, and sort of that was the segue into the start of a relationship where now it's like people sort of snipe what someone's about from online, LinkedIn or something like that. So um, awesome. So you, you ended up, yeah, that's it. You, um, so you launched the business. Yeah, I launched the business. I got that beautiful opportunity with um, Aviators and Accelerator. So it's just a, uh, you know, a a, a structure of how to grow a business from concept. So I um, completed that. It was a 13-week process. And I came out with two different business concepts. And a couple of weeks before I meant to launch, I just felt like it wasn't polished enough. So I I refined it and did the 13 weeks all over, you know, the hell yeah. all over again yeah. in, in a matter of a week, I think. I was able yeah, to wow. kind of pressure yeah. test the concept. But it was because I was shown methods and yeah. methods that worked and that I could test and use research. Yeah. And um, So I launched a business and yeah. it was a men's skincare range. And when I did the sampling after I launched, all the men yep. said to me, but we just want the sunscreen that does everything. Yeah, and if okay. you listen to people long enough, like I said, if you shut up and yeah, listen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. said, 
they'll tell you what they need. Yeah. And so you guys just said to me, we just oh, need a sunscreen. That's yeah. <laughs> that's so good. That's so good because often I have clients as well who are so scared of feedback. Like they're so worried about feedback. And I think for, for mob, I know where it comes from. It's that trauma. It's the being told you're not good enough. It's being told you know, you're this, you know, you're half cast, you're whatever, you're from housing, blah, 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 you're not going to, and so that triggers that feeling. But I tell them all the time, like, just just listen to what people say, you know, you didn't win that tender, awesome, get on the phone and ask why. No, hey, why did I, why did I not win? Hey, hey, you know, but like, be like, hey, you know, excuse me, I'd love some feedback right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to piece together, you know, if you Absolutely. didn't get that deal, if someone didn't call you back after you presented, like, just, just suss out because, Often we become our worst enemies by being so negative so quickly uh, when yeah. we can turn this into a positive very efficiently by saying, yeah, you know, where can I improve? What? And you'll find, and I'm sure you can testify to this too, Alana, is like as you start talking with that customer, they'll be like, hey, you know what? Um, I've got something smaller coming up or, hey, you know what? Why don't we catch up for a coffee and mm. I'll, I'll give you an example of that. And then they'll walk you through and almost mm make ensure you a sale with them or someone else by Absolutely. showing you how to win the work and then you've had we had all the time we would lose out on stuff but that's that bring us on another project and yeah. walk with us and actually tr- coach you to deliver that's the work which is like phenomenal if the relationship's there yeah. and if you want to win if you truly want to win and you'll humble yourself enough to say, hey, you know, thanks yeah. for the connection anyway. People will work to see you in is what we've found anyway. Yeah. And just so having good. discussions about the fact that we wanted to supply something that yeah. healed and protect the skin, that yeah. people could put, you know, that men particularly because it was designed uh, for the male demographic, women will just love it because they get it, yeah. right? They get it, yeah, they get okay. it. Yeah. Men, it was designed for them because they didn't like the consistency that was on the market. And yeah. it's multitasking with mob, yeah. you know, our plants in it. That yeah. is, it is the sunscreen that does everything. And that. The yeah, that's awesome. We just, um, like, we not only love the product, but uh, any product you can sell, yeah. anyone can sell any product. But what I also understood is that um, from the get go, I wanted to have an impact, like I said, that I wasn't having. Yeah. In the- level marketing i wanted to do more socially um but steve baxter said to me alana one thing you need to learn all you mob want to give before your bucket's full yeah it always will leave you empty he said alana be smart about this and build a big fire yeah you can build a big fire It'll yep. keep the animals away. And you guys are good at building big fires. You can feed people from fires and it'll keep the animals away. Yeah, that's good. So that's played in my mind to not think small about my product, but yep. also to want to give back once I built the fire, right? And so yep. it was a social impact from business and organization from the beginning. Yeah. But you got to be able to market well um, yep. and have a product that people love. Yep. before going on to do love of the game kind of social impact stuff. Yeah, because like- it's not just, like you said, you know, my mentor talks about one till done. Um, it's mm-hmm. because you're trying to do one thing really well and then give back because it's not, and I'm finding with older Indigenous business people in the space who I get to talk to, they'd say about um, 
you know, mastering that because it's not just your money you're going to give away. Um, it's your time, it's your expertise, it's your networks, and you can't clone yourself. So I've just, yeah, I've really limited some of the freebie stuff I can do to help people. And so I've just limited that to like our Cubby, like business hub and our community, like my own Cubby Cubby people um, yeah. as the only thing I'm doing on the side as a, as a pro bono because I can't do all that because, yeah, I'll just struggle. I won't be at home. I won't be present when I am at home. And That's so right. it's just managing energy and then once all the other ones have been you know completely systemized and then sold off and i've got some money sitting in the the pot then i can start throwing it out or you know going that way or spending spending my time with people or or mentoring i'd love to obviously mentor some younger indigenous business people and uh, but yeah all in all good timing so for you okasan um well my wife will be glad to hear it because i'll stop using her stuff uh because i also use her products that are in her cupboard uh you know 10 20 years you know where where's oka sun where's the brand you know you're going overseas what's happening yeah share us a bit of that vision the vision so the vision um is to own land that we can invite people to come on and learn employment pathways um we will have our own plants going in our own products um, yep. We've just recently gone from five products with Oka Sun and we've scaled. So we've got a beautiful lemon myrtle hand sunny. We've yep. got a, a whole bunch of hospital-grade cleaning products now. Yep. Um, and we wanted to expand so that we'd have more reach, but that definitely helps to build a fire. Um, yep. And that fire will in turn help to fund the purchase of land. And we birthed yep. Luke uh, Fellini, my partner, and I birthed Yabba Homes as our yep. social impact venture, and it is yep. a separate entity. So Yabba Homes already works for the Cubby Cubby people, um, yep. North Coast, renovating houses for mob, which is just yeah, so satisfying. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and we've been able to give some soft skills to some young people through that avenue already, which is wonderful. Yep. But obviously our heart is to do more. So as we build a big fire, then we'll essentially build modular yeah. housing and have that housing on our land so that yeah. we get elders off couches because there's a lot of elders in here in the Sunshine Coast couch surfing. So yeah. we want to get them their own space because when elders get their independence back and feel safe and loved on, there is yeah. back a thousandfold to what they get. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, you know, we want to restore that for mob yeah. up here at Cubby Cubby. Um, but any mob, really, if you're not on your country, that are yeah. vulnerable or just if you're, you know, non-Indigenous and vulnerable and you need a space yeah. to be yep. safe and to learn new skills, we'll have everything from agribusiness to manufacturing, yep. sales, administration, construction, you name it, we'll have yep. it. You want to learn it, you'll have a space to grow that is safe, yeah, that's so good. that is encouraging, that is positive. And yep. we'll bring belief and life. And then, you know, you'll find your fit, you'll find your alignment and um, get back on your feet, you know, because we got Yeah, it's so good, that space, because, yeah, we've found the same success with family that we've had stay with us. It's um, it's almost just organically letting people walk along with us, see how we do things. You know, my wife's obviously mixed as well, Indian heritage and English, you know, Australian heritage, Irish 
And so we've got about three different cultures feeding in. Oh, we've got the South Sea Islander side. So we have four different cultures feeding into, yeah. the, into the household. And so it's about bringing people that exposure and people start to heal and take, mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know. It's so like, oh, I didn't know you could navigate a relationship like that or the ways with the children or the veggie Absolutely. patch or work and Absolutely. life balance, you know. Absolutely. And also so too, some of the some of the young Indigenous that actually want to get their life back don't know how to develop a resume or don't yeah. know, don't or have the skills go. to go and ask for jobs, but they do yeah. have skills to come and work. You know, some of the yeah. hardest workers are mob um, and young people too. They know how yeah. to work. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know, half of my cousins got shipped off to like Chinchilla to work at a solar farm and I was like, that's pretty hard yakka. And they loved it. I said, well, it's proven you can work. It's just a matter of um, <laughs> developing the other skills, you know. And uh, uh, I don't know. I think, that, again, that fear element, it's like um, maybe afraid to be too far from community, maybe the feeling, the afraid of failing, which we just know is a result of you having a go, which should be encouraged, you know. Absolutely. And failing without, like, being around kin and family, when you yeah. fail, you've got, uh, oh, well, come and be, and you've got yeah. some but if it's not familiar, you yep. know, we really, we have a responsibility, our generation, to create those safety yep. platforms for people to, you know, to come and learn and grow yep. and fail freely and yeah, safe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. As long as they don't burn the farm down, it's all well, good. Oh, that's not insurance. Oh, we could still, yeah. That's it. We could still rebuild <laughs> it. Wait our claim, all sleep in tents, and then we'll win by that's having right. to do tents. Hey, you make it work. You make it work. And and a lot of businesses yep. do want to give back. They want, there is a, yep. some large corporations that I know of that have philanthropy and gorgeous heart and yep. mind that's, you know, but they just don't know how to bridge that gap between, um, you know, having new Indigenous employees on the books. Yeah. So yep. we really want to help um, by yep. bridging that employment gap. But oh, 100%. Sometimes I wish I was less entrepreneurial so I could get a job, but I know that wouldn't work for me. So, it work. <laughs> But it it's like work. some mob um, are just A-grade, and I've, I've been lucky to have some people like that, um, yeah. just A-grade operators, and it's about encouraging those people, you know, to keep stepping up. Yeah, and like these philanthropies as, as well, if they if they don't want or, or can't possibly the way the direction of the business, there's no room for them in their skill sets or whatever at the time, we offer both. Like people can come and, you know, get employees from our space at, you know, in that five or 10 year point, yeah. but they can also just redirect spend. Everyone needs a toilet cleaner. Everyone needs a dishwashing liquid, you know, um, and by redirecting right. your spend, you can have an impact because, these products are directly related to purpose. Yeah, so 100%. people will still, they will purchase because they know they're making a difference where fear holds them back usually, you know. Yeah, and we've seen that a lot and we love it. The, the nation is really backing us because oh, yeah. people, you know, around us yep. and we will, we will change some lives out there. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks, sis. Well, we've gone over 45 minutes. Such a good chat. Um, no worries. And so, Thank you. So good to have you on. And like most of my guests, eventually we're going to get everyone to get back after a year or two and uh, share Great. what the latest is. So we look forward to having you back on and, and best of luck, Olga-san. And Yabba Holmes. Hopefully Thank you can build me a place on Cubby Cubby.
country. Absolutely. Where to be right under country. right under Tipagaga. Like obviously <laughs> from rocks <laughs> and culturally safe. But yeah, just if you buy the land and put it the house, you know, that's it. I'll count that as the land <laughs> yeah. tax from Cubby Cubby. So awesome. Yeah. Thanks, sis. No worries. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Sure.